everybody. It's Andy Little here from the EM Over Easy podcast, here with an episode where Drew, Tanner, and myself have the opportunity to sit down with a good friend and former Ohio State Buckeye Simon Frazier. We hope you guys enjoy this episode like you have others, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and subscribe to us on SoundCloud and through the iTunes store. And also, don't forget to drop us comments so we can continue to give you high-quality content. The other ones are like Anchorman, like I... There's like 10 minutes and I think are funny. The rest of it's just like super awkward. What? Yeah, sorry. You don't like Anchorman? No, I wasn't a big fan. I'm not Andy's I, friend anymore. I, I mean, seriously, our friend I'm going to turn my chair away from him. Yeah. You can be excused from this podcast. I can be excused from this podcast. That is the end of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we had a good run, guys. All right, well, hello and welcome to the EM Over Easy podcast. Uh, I'm Andy Little here with the three amigos, joined by um, a good friend and guest, Simon Frazier. Simon, thanks for coming on the program. I appreciate you guys having me out today. So we've been uh, trying to get Simon on for a while. We're luckily got us all on the, you know, the world's collided or aligned or whatever you guys want to say, and uh, we're all here. I hope they didn't collide. If they collided, Star- things would be... Stars typically align. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Asteroids and other things collide, I guess. I mean, ask the dinosaurs how things colliding worked out for them. All right. I'm just going to go on a limb and say it wasn't good. Well, at least if I could ask them, there'd be dinosaurs. So that'd be good. Technically, if they didn't die out, though, there wouldn't be Jurassic Park, which was a phenomenal movie. and Or Jurassic World yeah. or any of the other. But then they would be alive. So I don't know. They're both, both scenarios are a win-win for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, the question is, if they were still alive, would we be here? I don't think diners would exist. Yeah, they, yeah, we would. You think so? We're smart. We're smart. Ish. Crash. <laughs> yes. We'd find a way to coexist. Yeah. <laughs> We'd probably get eaten a lot of the higher rates, so yeah. wouldn't be as many of us. So we're here. We're talking with Simon. Um, Simon, you know, you kind of have a very interesting background. Um, for those of you who don't know, Simon um, played both college and professional football. Um, played it. Uh, my favorite college football team, uh, the Ohio State University for the, the Buckeyes. Ohio the State University. Remember don't forget it. Don't forget um, it. Simon might not remember this, but I actually met Simon when we were both seniors in high school at a party. Um, spring year of my senior year, I was actually dating a girl from uni- from Upper Arlington who was a junior. Um, and I met I met Simon at a party, and he was as fun and laughable and uh, just a nice guy as he was then. Probably doesn't remember me because he had signed with the Buckeyes, and I was like, I, I gotta go shake that guy's hand. He's, he's gonna play football for the Buckeyes. Matt and I've been hitting the head multiple times. So <laughs> my long-term True. memory sometimes is a lot of post-concussion syndrome. <laughs> um, and and you know he's he, he's he's in the course of him playing football, he's been seeing a lot of success. Um, senior year of high school, you guys won the state championship, which yes, was sir. which was awesome. I actually was there for that game because. I bought tickets to the championship. Is this about you Andy? or is this about no, it's Simon Frazier? I'm just, I'm just it's about, it's about how little, our worlds have collided. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just curious who we're interviewing right now. I'm like, a man crush Andy's Simon. actually the author of his Wikipedia page. No. And <laughs> Did you pick his picture, by the way, for Wikipedia? Because it's killer. Yeah, have you seen it recently? I have not seen it recently. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll put it on our blog page. Yeah, purple Nike shirt. Yeah, yeah, it's it's stellar. I looked at it earlier. That was 310 Simon right there. Beefy. You weighed 310? Yeah. Holy crap. That's like two of me. More than two of me. <laughs> Played for the National Championship Buckeyes in 2003. Um, you've, had a, you've had a crazy road to get where you are today. Um, what was kind of the... What is that road now? Yeah. Well, he's a second-year general surgery resident here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, we like to call him our colleague. He's one of the favorite people I love calling um, he's always happy when he's on the phone. He's the one that got away, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, he is. we I mean, tried really hard tried so to get hard him to into emergency medicine. In emergency medicine. Uh, 
but but for reasons beyond um, what we could talk about here, maybe not. Um, he chose general surgery, which is great because I always tell people it's always good to have somebody fun that you can consult in the middle. Got to have good people in all specialties. Absolutely. Um, so what made you know? How did this all start? Because you were playing football, you know, life was good. Um, yeah. And then and then eight years later, now you're a surgeon. Yeah, you know, so uh, it kind of all really kind of started spinning right around after I got uh, after I graduated from Ohio State. So I went in to my senior year with really high expectations. At the end of the year, I had had a decent season. You know, unfortunately, us as a team overall, we didn't have a really great season, but got invited to the Combine, so I felt like my career was kind of heading in the right direction. Having talking to some multiple scouts, you know, I felt pretty confident going to the draft, and then come draft day, you know, I sat for two days in my living room waiting for my name to get called across the screen. It never happened. And uh, that was probably the toughest 48 hours that would I've had be during really hard. Um not only that, because I had like a, I didn't want to watch the draft, and I had like a day of, you know, golfing with my dad, like being away from everything, and just have my cell phone on me and kind of wait to see what happens. And of course, typical Ohio weather fashion, it was snowing and forty, and you know, what there, you, Ohio could, in the you couldn't you couldn't do anything other than sit there and watch and wait. And you know, I saw my buddies be drafted, and then. I saw like other players in my position who I'd heard of that I was compa- I felt like I was comparable to go and then I just kind of waited and waited and waited. I quickly realized that, you know, my thought of the NFL being a lifelong career path was not a realistic thing. But I was still bound and determined to try and make a team and so the Browns offered me an opportunity to come up and play. I went through training camp, made the team, you know, had kind of retracking back on to football. But in the meantime, I had been in touch with some of my mentors at Ohio State about maybe the possibility of going back to med school. And uh, Dr. David Schuler, who was one of the head of the James Cancer Hospital, would bring me in. And I shadowed with him and talked to a couple of the residents. And they were like, you know, oh, yeah, it's four years of med school. And if you want to do surgery, it's five years. And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I just got done playing my rookie year, you know, NFL, and I feel pretty confident moving forward that I can keep doing this. I don't know if I really want to do this right now. And so I kind of put that back on hold, and my career kind of picked up again and then um, went into my end of the third year of NFL, entered free agency, was picked up quickly by the Atlanta Falcons. Things were going well down there, and then just for some reason it just wasn't a good fit. You know, wasn't dressing for many games, was becoming a little frustrated. So I started looking at alternative career paths. Knowing that you know my timeline in the NFL was probably coming down to you know the end point, you know I probably could have made a couple of different teams, but then my wife and I found out we were pre- you know she was pregnant with twins, had run into some complications with the pregnancy early on, and then through the whole process, really found my passion for medicine again, and at the end of it, decided that you know instead of you know continuing my you know, pathway with the, with NFL, it was time for me to, to hang it up and, and you know pursue this you know career that uh, I had been interested in for a while now and so uh, you know entered that realm. How would you compare like preparation for football, NFL, college to medical school? I know that one's very physical obviously and one's very mental, but I feel like both of them are very intense subjects to go through. Well I think OUHCOM is both physical and mental. I don't know what kind of you know <laughs> medical you school you went to. Or <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Clearly never been there on Halloween night, right? I mean, this is... But, you know, I mean, um, the preparation that you have for medical school and kind of preparing and, you know, is much in the same as preparing for, you know, football and the fact that, you know, you have to be able to prioritize your day, 
you have to continue to study not only in the books, but like, you know, actively in either in the anatomy lab or, you know, with us with OMM. But it's it's really about just discipline, organization, and just, you know, focus. And, you know, preparing, you know, having the background of football really helped me prepare to be successful in medical school because I was able to, you know, opposed to my counterparts. You know, I was father of two kids that were living in Columbus while I was living in Athens. So I had to prioritize my weeks on almost like an hourly basis to make sure I got everything done and to get done so that when I went home on the weekends, I was dad and husband. And I could just, you know, put med school aside unless there was a test that came up on Monday night you know have to refocus that but that's really where it was at you know I mean it's just the mental fortitude to kind of push through because I think a lot of people really hit you know a lot of different points of adversity through med school the same way you do with football and any kind of other you know athletic event that you, know, you kind of have to have that focus and determination to kind of push through and any similarity to your pre-game routine versus like a pre-surgery routine <clears throat> a lot of your head in the game a lot of Metallica <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> But, you know, I mean, surgery is much like, you know, a, you know, football and the fact that, you know, you have to go into a surgery with the steps of the procedure already in your mind of kind of how you're going to approach it. Do you have a game plan? Do you have a game plan. So you know what your initial game plan is, but, you know, you're always going to hit a point where in any surgery you're going to find, you know, some unique anatomy or some, you know, difficulties. So you're going to have to adjust your game plan. And that's where, you know, I enjoy the aspect of surgeries. You're constantly having to figure out, you know, different ways, form a procedure. Nothing's always straightforward. So, that, you know, I, I enjoy that aspect. I think that's what kind of drove me to surgery was that I love being, I love anatomy. I love being hands-on and taking care of, you know, an issue at that moment, whether it be, you know, something acute, which is free air in the abdomen, or a routine hernia. I just enjoyed the procedures, being able to, you know, fix something at that moment and really take care of somebody within a, within a couple hours procedure. When you're an attending, you should have, like, play calls for your surgery staff, and then in the middle of it, you could just call out audibles of some sort. Yeah. And then they're going to just hand you new things or they'll change the music without you even saying what music you want. You'll just call a play out. Just randomly yell at Omaha. Like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> Omaha. 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 <laughs> Scrub text will know exactly what to grab at that time. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll, be, you'll have a little card. Yeah. Give them all like little. Sterile wrist flips. I'm sure you could get those made. So, like, how do you apply? You know, there, a lot of our listeners are residents or students or early on in their career. You know, you've won a couple championships. I mean, you played the state championship in high school, national championship. Let's talk. Wait, Juan, before you go any further, what was that like? 2003. <laughs> Over time, winning the national championship. Give me. Can you even describe it? It's really hard to describe because, you know, we went through so many different emotions in that game. Um, I remember standing on the sideline and seeing the. You know, Craig throw the ball into the back right corner of the end zone and see it, you know, sail over Gamble's head and the fireworks are going off and the Miami players are throwing all their gear up in the air because they had just won the national championship. And then all of a sudden you just see out of the corner of your eye this yellow flag sitting oh. in the like, man, we got another chance at this? And then, you know, I mean, I just think the whole season itself kind of culminated in that event. You know, we had such a great camaraderie on that team, made a lot of really great friendships, went through so much that year, different experiences, you know, those friendships that we made that year, and to be able to share that moment, not only just with our teammates, but with just everyone that loves Ohio State. I mean, even to this day, it still blows my mind that I meet people and they're like, I remember, you know, sitting on my couch with my my grandpa watching that game. And that was the last game we got to watch because, you know, he unfortunately passed away soon after. I just still remember he was so happy to see that game. And, you know, you, 
for me it was you know a personal and team accomplishment but for a community and a fan base it was you know a life-changing event and it was just so special to be able to share that moment uh but you know still like you know you kind of you look back you're like you still remember seeing C. Grant come off the edge there in Sackdor, so you realize at that moment we had just won the national championship against one of the best teams in the country, you know, defending national champions, Miami, Florida. The statistics and the, uh, like, names that were on the, the field that day, like Sean Taylor, Kellen Winslow, Vincent Wilfork, you know, you had, I think they had said that there was, like, of, like, the 22 starters... 13 of them were playing in the NFL at some day, you know, some point, and you know, even more with the backups, and so it was just a great moment, and uh, you know, really kind of, you know, ones that you know sits close in your heart, you look reminisce on, and it was just a fun time. And the two Ohio State fans of this podcast or in this podcast are just like beaming right now, <laughs> reminiscing. <laughs> No, nothing in my life can compare to the moment where I was on a team that won a national football championship. You know, from a, it's cool to hear about. It. Yeah, oh, it's, it's not every day you get to sit next to somebody who is is somebody you're friends with to to actually hear that story, and it's it's cool to hear. It's cool to see the passion that you talk about it with. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, it's, it's actually really cool to see how this translates into medicine and how you, yeah. you've reshaped your life and come up with a new passion. But I totally distracted Andy from his question. No, he actually answered the question. So, I had to get um, there. I had to know. <laughs> well, no, and, and my, my question was going to be is how did getting there affect your ability to get through the dog days of now? Um, and I think you said it. You, it was a culmination of a whole season. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, I mean, I, again, never never played in a national championship football team, but having had a, a decent athlete, athletic career, there are dog days of what we do. Um, and you take your successes to kind of keep you in line until the next one comes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was a, a, a great example with you guys, is that it was truly a culmination. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have been able to watch that game. I was on my mission, and I remember I got a phone call from a, a member. He wanted to talk about this so much. What's, I know. He's <laughs> coming, let this story coming go, back to it right? ten minutes later. <laughs> Come on, just so give I, us, I, give I, us I'm your on, mission I'm, story. I'm this on, is your podcast. It's all about you, buddy. <laughs> so I'm on my mission, and we can't watch TV, right? And uh, I know you guys are playing a national championship game. Hadn't seen a game all season. Um, and I get this phone call at like 10.30 at night because I'm in Tucson, so just south of you guys. Uh-huh. You guys are playing. And I get this call. And, and you couldn't make the trip up? I would have, they would have kicked me off my mission. Really? Um, All right. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm on my mission. I get this phone call from a member. He's like, oh, they're, 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 they're playing in overtime. And he, he didn't talk to me. He talked to my companion. And I was like, I, I really shouldn't be, like, involved right now because I was – and so, like, but they're like, oh, they, they scored it up. They're going overtime. Oh, no, they're losing. Oh, no. It was like 15 minutes of horror of me just listening to my companion give me a play-by-play. <laughs> um, and then reading about it in the paper the next day. It was pretty awesome. But yeah. when I got home, my dad had taped every game for me. And that's, that's awesome. I have to admit, I've never sat down and watched 25 hours of football before, but mm-hmm. I literally watched the entire season from game one. And it was just as fun watching it a year later. Uh, well, so as just as much fun, you know, yeah. sitting here, you know, 14 years later. Yeah, talking about it. <laughs> Reminiscing. Reminiscing on it, yeah. yeah. So. so, Simon, if you were to give, you know, let's say a third-year medical student wants to do surgery or just wants to, you know, be awesome at their job as a physician, what would be your one piece of advice with your previous experience you know I think the the key to success I think in anything really is just finding something that you're happy with and that you're passionate about the, the true blessing is to be able to find a profession that you get up every morning or get up every afternoon to go to work at night like we are um, 
Night and shift. just excited to get to work. It's not work. It's your passion. It's your calling. It's you know what you enjoy doing. And you know I think that's where the true you know happiness lies in. And if you find that, that's where you know it really makes it easy because there are gonna be dog days. I mean, there's yeah. days where you know I'll go through you know 24 hour call is just you know miserable consults and you, know, you got horrific surgery cases that aren't going well and. You get beat up, but you know the next day, you know you get up and you do it all over again because you find passion in. That's what makes it all worth it. You know, if you find yourself struggling to, to do something, and you're doing it just to do it because you think that, oh wow, the money is really great, or you know, I really want to do this because you know the lifestyle is great. I mean, those are all really you know important aspects, but it's not everything. We have all been blessed in the fact that we found a, a, you know, a profession that we really love and enjoy, and it makes those those moments where it's hard tolerable. And just you know, I mean, like you know, with everything else, it's all about just knowing that this is just a drop in the bucket of life, and that you, at the end you're gonna be doing something that you love doing. And you, you just got to just continue to press on. Having that goal in mind, repeatedly tell yourself every day that you know, this is what you're doing. This is why you're doing it. You know, it kind of gets you through the non-clinical stuff that we all have to go through. But it's all worth it in the end because we get to do something that not only we love doing, but we're actually affecting you know people's lives. And I think that's what you know keeps driving me is I go home every day and I see my kids and I remember what the physicians who took care of them did for us. And I hope that I have just... A percentage of the effect that they those physicians had on me and my wife and my kids to the patients I take care of because even if I have just a one percent of what they gave I know I'm gonna affect somebody's life so that's that's the drive that I have so knowing you I think you're gonna probably affect a lot of people's lives man I appreciate it so we typically end most of these podcasts with uh, guest hosts with a uh, couple questions the first question that we usually ask is if you do you have a favorite breakfast item or place that you go get breakfast hmm I would have to say that my favorite breakfast item would have to be donuts with my kids because it's like a Saturday morning tradition where we get the donuts from is kind of you know hit and miss we try them all you know, we do DK, Tim Hortons, Buckeye Donuts. So we kind of go around, but... Do you have a go-to style of donut? I'm a Boston cream guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Never so. would have guessed. Never would have guessed <laughs> All that. the donuts in all the world, Boston cream was not the first one I was going to come up with. And then on top of that, uh, we also asked the question of uh, who's your favorite superhero? So if there was somebody... No, no, no. no. Oh, it's, it's, it's who the superhero you most identify with. Oh. Favorite. Not one. really. Yeah. Splinter is not my favorite superhero. Splinter is a superhero that I connect with and I feel like I, I embody. So if you could be a superhero, which would you be? It's an interesting question. If you need help, Drew already revealed his. His is Splinter. Yeah. Really obscure. I used to be Wolverine, but I switched to the Flash, actually. Just started identifying more with Flash. Uh-huh. Although people change, yeah, yeah people you're change. To make, you're allowed to make the right choice sometimes. Um, and then I, I'm a big fan of Thor. I've always loved Thor. My first comic book, always, always been a big fan. So. Maybe I'd have to go with, you know, the Hulk. You don't want to see me so when I'm angry. That. <laughs> the whole time in my head, I'm thinking he's got to pick the Hulk. He's got to pick the Hulk. 310 pounds. He's got to pick the Hulk. <laughs> Does the Hulk ever purple? 
No. No. But you know, he wore the picture from he wore, Wikipedia. He, <laughs> he wore purple pants. He did wear purple pants. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's the connection. So That's awesome. But, you know, my dream is to one day uh, rage out in the ED with a console and rip my shirt off. Oh, <laughs> and turn green. <laughs> Last ever console to residency. <laughs> no. what, what would that console need to be? Like, what would need to be? Okay. Something very obscure that's not surgical. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm. Hey, I got a I got a heart attack down here, Simon. Can you come take care of it? I might need surgery. Hey, take Tri- care of it. Yeah, at least you'll come down with a smile. That's one thing I can always say is whenever you call Simon, there is always all right. I'll just come see it. There's really which is from our perspective is always very very helpful. So, Simon, thank you for first of all joining us. Awesome, uh, being a good friend, always being a pleasant person to talk to on the other end of the phone when. Uh, we, we have to be honest, in the ER, we don't always get pleasant consults on the other end. And for sharing your story with us. You have a unique, interesting story, and I think people are going to enjoy listening and hearing about it. You're uh, you're an awesome dude with an awesome story, and we appreciate you sharing it. Well, I appreciate you guys having me out, and look forward to more, you know, more breakfasts with you guys and more conversations. Definitely. Definitely.